Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we begin a new chapter, chapter 26, The Transition. <clears throat> we'll be reading section one, the introduction, and section two, the quote-unquote sacrifice of oneness. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 277. Let me not bind your son to laws I made. And I was so happy to have been directed to this little thought from Moji in his book, White Fire, uh, to open the call this morning. It seemed perfect for today's lesson and reading. It goes like this. I should preface this by saying the word grace and truth are capitalized. <clears throat> Don't deprive grace of her role. Just say yes to the truth as it is revealed inside your heart so that the world does not miss another opportunity to witness the glory of God unfolding. That was short, so I'll read it again. Don't deprive grace of her role. Just say yes to the truth as it is revealed inside your heart so that the world does not miss another opportunity to witness the glory of God unfolding. Let me not bind your son to laws I made. Amen. 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 That was great. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, Thank I you, Lori. I like that one. That one, too. Say yes. Okay, friends, here's our reading list. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Patricia, Diana, Yvonne, Jessica, Robin Marie, Harrison, Judy, and Micah. We're joined in listening this morning by Chris. And who else has joined us would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning, it's Karen. Um, if you still need a reader by the time we get there, I'm happy to read. Thanks, Karen. Glad you're here. Good morning, it's Donna, and yes, I'll read. Thank you, Donna. Good morning. Okay. So, here's our new chapter, chapter 26, titled The Transition. Section 1, Introduction. In the so-called dynamics of attack is sacrifice, a key idea. It is the pivot upon which all compromise, all desperate attempts to strike a bargain, and all conflicts achieve a seeming balance. It is the symbol of the central theme that somebody must lose. 
It's focused on the body as a parent, for it is always an attempt to limit loss. Body is itself a sacrifice, a giving up of power in the name of saving just a little for yourself. To see a brother in another body, separate from yours, is the expression of a wish. To see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world, and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities can come a little nearer or go a little farther off, but cannot join. Good morning. Okay. Hmm. Chapter 26, The Transition. Section 1, Introduction. In the dynamics of attack is sacrifice the key idea. It is the pivot upon which all compromise, all desperate attempts to strike a bargain, bargain, and all conflicts achieve a seeming balance. It is the symbol of the central theme that somebody must lose. Its focus on the body is apparent, for it is always an attempt to limit loss. The body is itself a sacrifice, a giving up of power in the name of saving just a little for yourself. To see a brother in another body, separate from yours, is the expression of a wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world, and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities, all seeming entities, can come a little nearer or go a little farther off, but cannot join. Section two: The sacrifice of oneness. The world you see is based on the quote sacrifice of of oneness. It is a picture of a complete disunity and total lack of joining. Around each entity is built a wall so seeming solid that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without, and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. Each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete. For if they joined, each would lose its own identity, and by their separation are their selves maintained. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. Section 2. The, quote, sacrifice, unquote, of oneness. Paragraph 2. The world you see is based on, quote, sacrifice of oneness. It is a picture of complete disunity and total lack of joining. Around each entity is built a wall so seeming solid that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without, and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. Each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete, for if they joined, each one would lose its own identity and by their separation are their selves maintained. Three, 
The little that the body fences off becomes the self, preserved through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. In this perception of yourself, the body's loss would be a sacrifice indeed. For sight of bodies becomes the sign that sacrifice is limited and something still remains for you alone. And for this little to belong to you are limits placed on everything outside, just as they are on everything you think is yours. Forgiving and receiving are the same, and to accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see, for you must see him as you see yourself. Thank you, friend. And Patricia. The little that the body fences off becomes the self perceived through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. In this perception of yourself, the body's loss would be a sacrifice indeed. For sight of bodies becomes the sign that sacrifice is limited and something still remains for you alone. And for this little to belong to you are limits placed on everything outside, just as they are on everything you think is yours. Forgiving and receiving are the same. And to accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see. For you must see him as you see yourself. For the body is a loss and can be made to sacrifice. And while you see your brother as a body apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. What greater sacrifice would be demanded than that God's Son perceive himself without his Father 
and his father be without his son? Yet every sacrifice demands that they be separate and without the other. The memory of God must be denied if any, any sacrifice is asked of anyone. What witness to the wholesome of God's Son is seen within a world of separate bodies? However much he witnesses the truth, he is invisible in such a world. Nor can his song of union and love's love be heard. Nor can his song of union and of love be heard at all. Yet is it given him to make the world recede before his song and sight of him replace. The body, I thank you. Thank you, Patricia. I'm Diana. We're not hearing you, Diana. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm reading to myself. Okay, here we go. Number four. The body is a law and can be made to sacrifice. And while you see your brother as a body, apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. What greater sacrifice could be demanded than that God's son to see himself without his father, and his father be without his son. Yet every sacrifice demands that they be separate and without the other. The memory of God must be denied if any sacrifice is asked of anyone. What witnesses to the wholeness of God's son is seen within a world of separate bodies? However, much he witnesses to truth. He is invisible in such a world, nor can his song of union and of love be heard by all. Yet it is given him to make the world recede before his song and sight of him replace the body's eyes. Um, number five. Those who would see the witnesses to truth instead of to illusion, merely ask that they might see a purpose in a world that gives a sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet it can become a treasure house, as rich and limitless as heaven itself. 
No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen. And to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. Thank you, Diana. Okay, thank you, Laurie. Those who would see the witnesses to truth instead of to illusion merely ask that they might see a purpose in the world that gives it sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet it can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen. To add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. You can lose sight of oneness, but cannot make sacrifice of its reality. Nor can you lose what you would sacrifice, nor keep the Holy Spirit from his task of showing you that it has not been lost. Hear then the song your brother sings to you, and let the world recede and take the rest his witness offers on behalf of peace. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what is given him to witness, to witness to, that you may see it and rejoice with him. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his, and die each time you see in him a sin deserving death. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Jessica. Thanks. You can lose sight of oneness, but cannot make sacrifice of its reality. Nor can you lose what you would sacrifice, nor keep the Holy Spirit from his task of showing you that it has not been lost. Hear then the song your brother sings to you. And let the world recede and take the rest his witness offers on behalf of peace. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what it is given him to witness to, that you may see it and rejoice with him. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his and die each time you see in him a sin deserving death. Yet every instant can you be reborn and given life again. His holiness gives life to you who cannot die because his sinlessness is known to God and can no more be sacrificed by you than can the light in you be blotted out because he sees it not. You who would make a sacrifice of life 
and make your eyes and ears bear witness to the death of God and of his holy, holy Son. Think not that you have power to make of them what God will not, what God will not they be. I'm going to read that over. Let's see. That's a long sentence. You who would make a sacrifice of life and make your eyes and ears bear witness to the death of God and of his holy son, think not that you have power to make of them what God will not they be. In heaven, God's son is not imprisoned in a body, nor is sacrificed in solitude to sin. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. <clears throat> Yet every instant can you be reborn and given life again. His holiness gives life to you who cannot die because his sinlessness is known to God and can no more be sacrificed by you than can the light in you be blotted out because he sees it not. You who would make a sacrifice of life and make your eyes and ears bear witness to to the death of God and of his Holy Son, think not that you have power to make of them what God willed not they be. In heaven, God's Son is not imprisoned in a body, nor is sacrificed in solitude to sin. 8. And as he is in heaven, so must he be eternally and everywhere. He is the same forever, born again each instant, untouched by time, and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death. For neither did he make, and only one was given him, by one who knows his gifts, can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests in gentleness upon his son and keeps him safe from all injustices the world would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his father's will for him? Thank you, Robert Marie and Harrison. Eight. And as he is in heaven, so much he so must he be eternally and everywhere. He is the same forever. Born again each instant, untouched by time, and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death. For neither did he make, and only one was given him by 
capital one who knows his gifts can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests in gentleness upon his son and keeps him safe from all injustice the world would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his father's will for him? None. Condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. It is your special function to ensure the door be open that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's special function but to release the Holy Son of God from the imprisonment he made to keep himself from justice? Could your function be a task apart and separate from his own? Thank you, Harrison and Judy. Thank you, Lord. Condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. It is your special function to ensure the door be opened, that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's function but to release the Holy Son of God from the imprisonment he made to keep himself from justice? Could your function be a task apart and separate from his own? Thank you, Judy. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. Um, I, I see where we have uh, three more readers, and I think it would be very lovely um, that together we summarize this beautiful reading. And so um, I'll touch a couple of paragraphs, and then I'll call on the last three readers for the rest. Um, and so, from that first paragraph, to see a brother in a body, to see a brother in another body separate from yours, is the expression of a wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities can come a little nearer or go a little farther off but cannot join. <clears throat> in section two, the sacrifice of oneness, the world you see is based on 
sacrifice of oneness. Around each entity is built a wall, so seeming solid, that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without, and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. Each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete, for if they joined, each one would lose its own identity, and by their separation are their selves maintained. In paragraph 3, the little that the body fences off becomes the small self, preserved through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. To accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see for you must see him as you see yourself. In paragraph 4, while you see your brother as a body apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. And paragraph 5, I wonder if you might read that, Micah. Sure. Paragraph 5. Yet yet the world can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. Did you want me to go on, or is that good? That's good. And then, Karen, if you could read chapter 6, or paragraph 6, please. You can lose sight of oneness but cannot make sacrifice of its reality. Hear the song your brother sings. Let the world receive. Take the rest on behalf of peace. Judge him not. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his and die each time you see in him a sin. Thank you, Karen. And Donna, if you'd read paragraph 8, please. And as he is in heaven, so must he be eternal, eternally and everywhere. He is the same forever, born again each instant, untouched by time, and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death. For neither did he make, for neither did he make, and only one was given him by one who knows, meaning by God (laughs) who knows. His gifts can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests 
and gentleness upon his son and keeps him safe from all injustice the world would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his father's will for him? Thank you, Donna. And is there another new reader that would like to finish with paragraph 9 once again? Okay, finally then. It is your special function to ensure the door be opened, that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's special function but to release the Holy Son of God from the imprisonment he made to keep himself from justice? Could your function be a task apart and separate from his own? Well, that was sweet. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And the floor is open. Hi, it's Karen. Um, just a couple little thoughts. Sacrifice is um, sacrifice is giving up that feeling that you have when you have a sun when you see a sunrise and you feel one with it and all the beauty of creation fills you. That's the sacrifice of our oneness. It can happen with our um, brother or it can happen with our you know beloved god whatever we consider that to be or when you're with the animal kingdom or when you feel like you're one with a tree i mean the sacrifice is giving up the oneness the one the oneness with all creation not just some part of it and um i loved and i want to just say in the world um I know I was taught you have to have boundaries. You know, psychology is all about having boundaries. Uh, and and as if, you know, I have to have a sense of self. I can't be codependent. I can't merge. It's really kind of, it's tricky, you know. It's like the laws of the world. And, and the lesson of the day is I am under no laws but God's. And the laws of God's apply to the Christ self and love and not fear. And I just love this one line, let the world recede. Let the world recede. You know, just step back into the oneness of the Holy Spirit and let all the things that the ego mind wants to do recede. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. That is a beautiful thank description you, of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful, Karen. Where is that let the world receive? <laughs> what line, where, what paragraph is that? It's in this twice. It's in um, paragraph four. It says, yet it is given him to make the world receive before his son and sight of him replace the body's eyes. And then it's repeated it's repeated down further in um, 
Number five, it says, and let the world recede and take the rest. His witness offers on behalf of peace. Thanks. Thank you, Karen. This is Micah. What a beautiful uh, section this is about unity. I, it's incredible. Um, I started to feel how inadequate, as I was moving around the house and, and in, in this dimension of time space, how inadequate these eyes are to see unity. And he's all, all talking about if you see your brother as a body, um, you know, to see a brother in a body separate from yours is the expression to wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. And I, I, these eyes are so limited to see unity. And and um, it, it was interesting, especially th- this one phrase here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, this part here, no instant... This was it fun. I was walking through the house and when this was being read, no instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen. And um, suddenly I felt, I could it brought up a mirror and I could see how I was identified in a state of separation into this communication device in a dream dimension of space-time. And, and, and I could feel... Uh, Raz's presence as energy, uh, as as uh, an invitation to move into a whole different uh, realm of of feeling and experience beyond the body. And uh, it it was just, this section is really calling for the awakening into the one son, into God's son. And um, the other part that meant a lot was up in paragraph four where it says, um, what greater sacrifice could be demanded than, than that God's son perceive himself without the father? And, I, and suddenly there I could feel what a beautiful way to see you know, people on the call, people all through the day is to see them not without the Father, but with the Father, their relationship of the, their their true self with the Father, their minds joined with the mind of God. You know, and meanwhile, here's their communication device in space-time. And, um, I mean, this whole time-space dimension gets very holy, too. I mean, it, you know, once once we... That phrase, you know, how do we find joy in a joyless place? And here the emphasis is on joy. How do you find joy in a joyless place? By realizing you're not there. And then suddenly this world becomes so holy as we move up into the mind and into the self. And here's this very creative realm going on. And that's where we, that's where I find joy. Um, but yeah, this was wonderful. And thanks for everybody being here and our unity. All right, I'm done.
Thank you, Micah. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Loved it, Micah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, cool. Hmm. Well, I think you gifted us. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, hi. No, it's all so good. Um, I I really like the, the last paragraph, um, um, number nine, when it condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. Um, I don't know why, that just really, really, really moved me. Just those simple words, you know, and what, how important it is for us to, you know, as earth angels, to see every single person in a body, not who they are because of their body, but beyond that, you know. I think whenever a judgment comes out, you know, or a a trigger or anything, it's your hand with two fingers pointing out and three back at you. There's no balance there. And how is that, how is that, how does that feel, you know? Is there peace in that feeling of that, of whatever you're feeling, uh, towards a person, doesn't matter who it is. It can be the kid walk running down the block that might be a little overweight, or you know the, the banged up car passing by, or one, you know, a group of kids that seem to be having a really good time in their little clip, where there's one trailing behind, left alone. I mean, all of that, just life itself is playing out in a complete judgment unless you're aware and you see it differently. And and even sitting in my room as kids pass by earlier going to school to pass out loving kindness towards every one of them, every one of them with no judgment. I think, excuse me, the noticing is important to us. That is the gift to stay in balance, to stay in balance and to allow anything that isn't serving God or loving kindness to be a clue to see things differently. And a lot of these lessons are always revolving in any way in my eyes to seeing things differently, not seeing them through the body's eyes, but seeing them beyond that with Christ's vision. Um, these are the lessons that are uh, triggering me, or not triggering me, these are the lessons that are um, um, coming up for me to work on and to have balance with. I'm complete. Thank you, Diana. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And speaking of lessons, <laughs> that was a great segue, too. So thank you for that. And Fran, we'll turn again to you, to your gratitude, to your generosity, um, to lead our reflection this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is, what is the Christ? Um, The lesson for today is lesson 277, let me not bind your son with laws I made. So I'll read some from What is the Christ? Christ is God's Son as He created Him. He is the self we share, uniting us with one another and with God as well. He is the thought which still abides within the mind that is His source. He has not left His holy home, 
nor lost the innocence in which he was created. He abides unchanged forever in the mind of God. Home of the Holy Spirit and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind? This is the only part of you that has reality and truth. The rest is dreams. The Holy Spirit reaches from the Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth. He will exchange them for the final dream which God appointed as the end of dreams. For when forgiveness rests upon the world and peace has come to every son of God, what could remain to keep things separate for what remains to see except Christ's face? So therefore, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. As we behold his glory, will we know we have no need of learning or perception or of time or anything except the Holy Self, the Christ whom God created as his Son? Now we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 277. Let me not bind your son with laws I made. Your son is free, my father. Let me not imagine I have bound him with the laws I made to rule the body. He is not subject to any laws I made by which I tried to make the body more secure. He is not changed by what is changeable. He is not slave to any laws of time. He is as you created him because he knows no laws except the law of love. Let us not worship idols nor believe in any laws but idolatry would make to hide the freedom of the Son of God. He is not bound except by his beliefs. Yet what he is is far beyond his faith in slavery or freedom. He is free because he is his Father's Son. And he cannot be bound unless God's truth can lie and God can will that he deceive himself. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 277. Let me not bind your son with laws I made. Your son is free, my father. Let me not imagine I have bound him with the laws I made to rule the body. 
He is not subject to any laws I made by which I try to make the body more secure. Lesson 277, let me not bind your son with laws I made. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Hi, and I hope it's okay if I share again. I, my daughter was on maternity leave for the past three months, and so I've been on and off the calls. She's had a lot going on in her life, and so I've been trying to stay for at least the reading, and then having to go on but she went back to work so I should be back um I wanted to just share this because it was so exciting to me for about 30 years I've been in a Hindu community over 30 years and you always greet people Om Namah Shivaya you know you walk past them when you say Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya and it meant nothing to me from all those years, I didn't get it. You know, it was just like saying mahala, you know, in Hawaii or shalom. You know, you just, it's like saying hello, <laughs> nothing, you know, nothing deeper. So what is the Christ? The Christ is the self we share, uniting us with one another and God. It abides, it still abides within the mind that is the source Christ is the link that keeps us one with God, the self that knows no sin. That is the home of the Holy Spirit at home in God. We seek to, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. And that is the whole meaning of that, that salutation. Om Namah Shivaya. I bow to the God within you. I see the Christ in you. I uphold that you are the Christ. That's who you really are. And Namaste, of course, is the Buddhist equivalent of that. And they say that in North India. But in South India, they say Om Namah Shivaya. You are Shiva. You are God. And that is the Christ we share. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was stupendous, Karen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Phenomenal realization. That was great, Karen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Karen. This is Micah real quick because I'd love to hear other people. But um, the laws that I would bind his son with, I don't think there's any greater law than to just see him as a body. And so that really ties in with our text reading in a beautiful way. And and I'm I'm looking at Jesus as an astounding teacher. Now, he could have brought his teaching from the end point where Christ's vision, you know, has moved, you know, the, you know, in the Christ where we are awake in that mind, and we are looking at a world 
created by that that mind, a shared co-creation dream with the Father. And then we look at these bodies and they are so holy because cause and effect are one. He could have started his teaching there and said, you know, spoke of how holy as we look on our brother, as we see the eye, the light in their eyes and their... You know, he could have started there and taken us back into the mind, but he knows that we're so asleep in a dream of a world that we need to start to dream with the, the Christ. And and so he he tries to wake us up out of the dream by saying, you know, if we see our brother as a body, you know, then then we're not seeing him at all, you know, and... Uh, and, and he wakes us up into moving beyond perception into the realm of the invisible, where into the realm of consciousness, where there's shared consciousness. And um, it's, it's just a, a, a you know quite it's quite a contrast to the course of love, but he knows that we need to awaken, and and he does a masterful job of it. And I'm complete. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, whole lot going on in this today. Uh, hi everybody, it's Jude. I um, just really um, woke up questioning my own honesty, my own integrity this morning. Getting out of bed, jumping out of bed, going to make my cup of coffee, slipping, you know, my my vitamins and supplements and, you know, having a big fat bowl of watermelon and, you know, then, then uh, questioning via, you know, the, the Manual of Teachers um, definition of honesty, that I cannot hold two opposing thoughts at the same time. And then this, this you know, it was just a, a random thought that I had while I was taking my vitamins and um, knowingly throughout my life having had faith and, you know, be complex, like my drug, you know, <laughs> might feel good. And, um, you know, sitting down and quiet and asking him, am I being dishonest? Am I deceiving myself? And um, the wonderful message that comes is that, um, that the truth 
always sets me free. And what it does is it sets me free and releases me from this dream of who I think I am as limited to a body that is the source of my fear, the source of my limitless, my limitedness and my um, weakness and um, sense of separation. And, uh, you know, the whole whole idea that of oneness that the Holy Spirit was given to me, that God's never left me as a thought in his mind. I've never been separate from him, that I have this means to see through vision, through all the areas of perception. But it's a choice, my choice to identify with the Christ in me, to so he can reveal the truth of God's oneness of reality to me. What is already one, but I perceive as separate. No entity that I perceive with my body's eyes is unto itself. There is nothing that is separate and unto itself. And that's easy to intellectualize, but the, the, um, the Holy Spirit is the link, and I have to choose that. I have to choose Christ's perception in me. It's a choice of what I want myself to be. I'm acknowledging the Christ in me, and I'm going to manifest the Christ in me, and the world I want to live in, and the state of mind where I'm content and satisfied, where I'm perfectly protected, and um, nothing can threaten, threaten or disturb my peace. I'm unshakable there where my safety lies, at my decision. And Christ's perception reveals himself in others as myself. He reveals it to me. I can't do this alone. Jews not separate in this. And I can't find it alone. I have to make that conscious, awake, aware, choice, decision, to unite my mind with Christ's mind and to see through his eyes and to see through the heart and the wisdom of what his vision will show me. But Jude's got to drop. Jude's Jude's got to totally surrender to that. Forget everything. I think I know, you know, that what's the purpose I have in the world, what, what ideas about what my agenda is today. Um, what would you have me see? What would you have me hear? Where would you have me go? It's like the choiceless choice that making that one choice for unifying my mind with the one-mindedness of Christ, who's one-minded with his Father, is my direct link to God. And um, that it's his function to, to do unto me everything that needs to be done. And this is where life gets easy and pleasant and joyful. And, you know, that I can't make any relationship holy. That my perception of holiness is shared. Holiness is shared. Innocence is shared. Justice. It's all just God. There's no just exception. No, (laughs) not just this. I don't want this to be different. Nothing is different. It's all the same and alike. So I must be one. And I must be one with the 
with the teacher of oneness, the one and only who knows what oneness is. Here I go, here I go, kids. Thanks for being here, and I love you all. Thanks, Lori and Lemoyne, and who else? Fran, <laughs> my daily friend. Thank you. I'm complete. <clears throat> thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you all for your shares. This is Harrison. Um, there's a lot going on here in the reading and uh, the lesson. Um, but uh, I was struck by something uh, Sarah says in her commentary on the lesson, let me not bind this on with laws I made. She says we have all kinds of rules and laws regarding the way we live our lives in this world, all related to the body and made to maintain our specialness. These are rules or laws about nutritional requirements, vitamins we rely on, what we will and won't eat, sleep requirements, rules about money, possessions, acquisitions, relationships, friendships, reciprocity, environment, our surroundings, religion, economics, politics, sex, marriage, duty, and on and on. We literally live by thousands of rules and laws. The lesson harkens back to one we covered before, which is, I'm under no laws but God's. That was lesson 76. So all of the things that Sarah points out, these rules and laws regarding the way we live our lives, covers, it seems, absolutely everything in my experience as a body. And it's as if it's sort of this separate uh, identity, this separate reality that I have created and uh, in order to uphold 
that separate reality. I've created all of these rules, all of these laws, um, and when something occurs that doesn't fit the narrative, the narrative, I create more rules and laws. And the more I create and the intensity in which I believe in all of these laws I created takes me further and further away from the self that I am. This myself as God created me. And it seems to me that the purpose of the course in my own simple way is to get me back to the self I am as God created me. That's the only self that exists in truth. And that self is not bound by any of the laws that I have made. That self is subject only to the laws of God, to the law of love. And that's the only self that exists in reality. So my goal, my own personal little goal, is to realize the truth of that self with a capital S and to constantly remind myself I am as God created me. That's all I am. And it's only the laws of God that binds me. The law of love. The law of love. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. I like I like your own simple way, Harrison. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you, Harrison. Keep it simple. Thank you, Harrison. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, it's Karen again. Just one little um, add-on comment. Um, As I was thinking about uh, selfless service, you know, the the idea of going out in the world and serving other people um, is a big part of the community that I've been in, this Hindu community I've been in. And it strikes me right now that um, the guru, he, 
she has you learn by going out and doing service. Because when you do service for others, you feel, you know, you feel blessed because you feel so good when you do good things, you know. And it's just like to use the physical plane to demonstrate the things that are in the course, you know, that giving and receiving are one in truth. And you can't um, bless a brother without being blessed yourself. And it's like, it's a way of taking apart that feeling that you're separate. So if you're doing something for someone else, you immediately feel the grace, you know, like if you're feeding the poor. Feel the grace. And doing it on the physical plane is just a stepping stone to get to what the Course is telling us, that we have to change the way our minds are um, conceptualized separation. You know, it's just a stepping stone to practice learning that we're one. I'm complete. Thank you for letting me share that. That was like something I'm I'm um, awakening to, and thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. That, that was um, so very meaningful to me. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. I love that share. Um, this is Lori. Um, it was a while back I learned what he meant when he said that sacrifice is the opposite of blessing. Blessing is the opposite of sacrifice. And um, when I took that to heart, I discovered what he meant in chapter 5, or paragraph 5. And this makes all the sense in the world to me. Those who would see the witness to truth instead of illusion, to illusion, merely ask that they might see a purpose in the world that gives it sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet, it can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of puppiness that you will when I I was on my own, I wouldn't have realized uh, the radical, the radical truth in that paragraph. And so when you say the word blessing to me, um, it has all the meaning in the world because if I want to keep the joy of my salvation in my awareness, I will learn to call upon my right mind and allow Holy Spirit to teach me to be a miracle worker. It was through that discovery of blessing, the power, and you know this, I know I'm speaking to people who know this, 
the power of blessing to restore truth to my mind. Uh, it has all the power in the world. You know, in the, in the Manual for Teachers, he talks about a power which is in you but not of you. That power of calling upon light and calling upon the blessing of salvation to share um, to share the miracle of oneness with the brother is how I make that miracle real to myself that's the only way it is the only way without without the blessing of miracles it will be lost to me not because it's lost in truth and he says that in this reading but awareness will be lost to me my joy will be lost to me that that makes me happy will be lost to me it's the nature of oneness that it be you know that it be one forever that's that's the nature of our creation miracle working to allow a miracle to be accomplished through me oh I'm so grateful for for the dream I had last night to allow a miracle be accomplished through me is the only way I can keep the awareness of the truth of me always with me there's um, there's a really beautiful section I think I'll just read it right now in paragraph 15 um, he says as the ego would limit your perception of your brothers to a body so would the Holy Spirit release your vision and let you see the great right rays shining from them so unlimited that they reach to God it is the shift in vision which is accomplished in the holy instant yet it is needful for you to learn just what this shift entails so you will be willing to make it permanent make it permanent giving this given this willingness it will not leave you for it is permanent once you have accepted it as the only perception you want this this miracle of oneness is the only perception I want it is translated into knowledge by the part which God himself plays in the atonement for it is the only step in it that he understands therefore in this there will be no delay when you are ready for it God is ready now but you are not oh Holy Spirit make me ready for that make me ready for that it was um, just a couple of years ago maybe not even two that um, that I had the wonderful experience of of a miracle that changed my mind forever and helped me to realize that um, in truth we are created part of one another that we abide forever in the heart of God and in our hearts the heart of God is laid and that awareness came to me when I realized that I was I was oh, so desperate to share a miracle with someone I wanted that more than anything in the world 
for that miracle to dawn. And it occurred occurred like this. The realization was that this one for whom I so desired the miracle of oneness shifted in my mind so that I realized that, that this one, this person for whom I so desired a miracle already was in my heart. And all the suffering of that longing for the miracle was a consequence of trying to pluck this person out. <laughs> you know, that's how how completely we belong to each other. Just like lesson yesterday, 276 said, he gave us these words, my brothers who are given me to cherish as my own as I am blessed and saved by you. That's the nature of this capital self, the extent to which we belong to each other. And so when I say, Father, let me let me be your presence. Let me participate with you in miracles. What I'm really saying is, let me make this oneness perfect in myself, always in my awareness, so that never again will I sacrifice oneness by thinking my brother is in a body or that I am in a body. You know, Christ is the capital T thought we share. Mind is so, so, so powerful. I can use my mind to set you apart from me and then claim that you are over there in a body and so am I. But that is the sacrifice of oneness. Miracle working, allowing um, the miracle to happen because I'm there with God willing to share it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You know, he says, the miracle is always there. The miracle is always present, but you are needed so it can be born. And once it's born, it extends itself without any interference from you at all because we are already in a holy relationship. We were created by relationship as relationship. And the holy relationship we share is called our capital S self. And every time I say, allow a miracle to happen, allow a miracle to happen, let it be born because I'm here. What I'm doing is claiming you as my own. That's already the truth. It's already the truth. And I'm willing to make it permanent by simply giving up any claim I have on bodily bodily awareness, any claim I have on separation, any desire I have that you be separate from me, unforgiven by me. This is the miracle of forgiveness, you see, and how I come to understand that forgiveness and miracle ride the same horse. They always ride the same horse. When I allow forgiveness to lay upon that thing I laid upon, you know, I made this fail with my mistaken ideas. When I withdraw my mistaken ideas, the miracle, the miracle of oneness is restored to my mind. 
And it's there that I discover how much I already love you, how great a part of me you are, how I could not survive this life without the awareness of belonging to you and you to me. Those years, I tried to go it alone, so to speak, just me and God. I lost awareness. I lost awareness of love. And I can only retain that in my awareness by exchanging the idea of sacrifice for blessing. That's why that beautiful lesson 127 is the keystone on which this whole course turns. There is no love but God and yours and mine and everyone's. So I bless you, brother, with the love of God, which I would share with you. For I would learn the choice lesson. There is no love but God and yours and mine and everyone's. And so to you who go about blessing, um, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you because you taught me that. And I'm so grateful this morning. I'm complete. Thank you so, thank you so much. Thank Lori. you so much. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. That was great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amen. Good morning. This is Ida. Um, for the for the lesson today, I would not bind your son with laws I made. Um, I was on the lesson call before this call, and um, and right before the lesson call, I got an email from someone that disturbed me. I responded to the email and. In a nice way, and part of me felt that nice. And part of me felt disturbed, and kind of felt that way through the lesson <clears throat> lesson call. But then on this call, because I tried, I tried to bind that aspect of the Son of God that wrote the email with laws I made, and I was projecting my own guilt which I did not need. I'm not actually guilty, of course, like none of us are, onto that person. But now I see it more clearly and I feel better. You know, I don't have to bind any aspect of the Son of God, which is really all me, and I'm part of every one of you, too. Because we're all one, the one Son of God, Jesus says in the Course. You know, I don't have to bind any of us to laws I made, I, the ego, Ida. 
the one who thinks she's separate and guilty and alone. That's not who I really am. I really am. I am with the capital A, like you are, as well as me, with the one Son of God. Thanks. Um, I'm grateful for this call and all of you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Grateful thank for you, you too. Hi, this is Chris. Um, I, I appreciate the, the shares, Laurie, especially yours. Um, lesson 277, let me not bind your son with laws I made. So um, my function, my purpose is to maintain my freedom within myself and watch for temptations of binding myself with body thoughts and thoughts of separation. Um, and, and of course, the, these, these body thoughts is, is of the change, the changeable, but the changeless is the, uh, what I want to value and stay in and not be, as the prayer says, not be slave to the laws of time. So being in the moment and protecting that is a, is a key function for me. Um, I, I do practice meditation morning and night, and one of the groups that I participate in we let each other know when we're meditating. And I go a step beyond and I, and I put the why to why I'm meditating. And, and uh, I notice that in the why, I'm saying I want to protect God within myself. And um, so I want to not bound, not bind what I am, the love within me or God. And then I said, when I do that, God certainly protects me and makes my path uh, peaceful. Uh, I had an opportunity to see that yesterday. I was scheduled for surgery, uh, a surgical consult, and I marked on my calendar that it was for Tuesday. And I'm pretty good with uh, appointments because I will open up my calendar as they're speaking and put the day in there, and I'll reflect back what I'm putting into my calendar to double check. And I, I, I did that, and uh, I saw that they appointed me to go yesterday instead of today. And, uh, of course, I missed that, and I had to reschedule for the 20th. So I asked myself, am I at peace right now? I said, yes. Have I been protecting God within me? Yes. And not binding myself to 
the body and think yes. Well, what if the God's universe is orchestrating and unfolding everything to support that? And this was not a mistake, but this too is good, this too is God, this too is for me, and it's a blessing for me. And maybe the surgeon that was previously appointed to me wasn't the surgeon God wanted me, and I have another surgeon. So I know I believe in divine order. As long as I keep divine order within me, I'm sure it, I, I have so many examples and faith in that that God does protect me as I protect his love within me. I'm complete. Thank you. That was phenomenal, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. Good morning. This is Patricia. Chris calls my voice out to a memory of the early years with the Course in Miracles. Um, part of the time I was uh, working at a health center, and so uh, it was just convenient to stay after the office closed and and then have the place open for Course in Miracle gatherings. So it was a pretty wonderful combination to have the study groups go ongoing in the evenings and then in the daytime, uh, a health center. Well, the the reason I'm sharing this is that the recent story reminded me of the doctors there would talk to me because I would make the appointments and listen to the people calling in sharing their condition and their situation and asking for, you know, should they make an appointment and who should they see. So I was a pretty integral part of uh, each person's story and uh, being a practitioner myself, but having that position there at that central desk and listening to people every day. Um, the doctors would tell me confidentially, and this is the first time I've ever shared this because it's kind of sensitive. Um, they'd say, you know, uh, it's great to have the Course in Miracles here to keep reminding us all that um, it's a gift and it's a mystery, life is. And here's one of them. And I'll tell you guys, I saw this for like 20 years. I didn't believe it at first. But they would say, see that person leaving? We don't know when, but most likely the next time we hear from them, it will be here. And they point to a certain place on their body, and they would say, they'll come up with either an accident or something, because this is the next place opening up. And it was like they would show me just what you were saying, that timing and circumstances bring people sometimes through trauma that seems to be an error. But we watched it over and over again, just simply being a ripening factor of the spirit of that being. 
and we could watch it, that there, the doctors could predict and very humbly and not, you know, at all that we're to blame for our conditions. It's just the mystery and the nature of life that we don't understand the physical, but the energy and the heart and the soul that is growing and deepening and expanding with every event. I got to sit there and watch what would appear as a skiing accident a year later maybe, and that person would come in and sure enough, it was right, it hit them right where the next place to open up in them. So this allowing the body to just simply um, let nature have its story and let our mind surrender to the identity of the love in the story. So I got to really watch it on a physical level play out for many, many years. And um, the beauty of just welcoming the next opening in a person and uh, respecting the story that brought them there. But never being what I look into and touch and work with is the love in the story. Thank you. That was beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Well, thank you everyone who joined this morning and everyone who shared and and um, and everyone who still has to share because we end the recording but we don't end the call. So if you haven't had an opportunity this morning, please stay on the after call. And... Um, And I think to close this call this morning in so many places, but I'm loving this this morning from Chapter 15, The Holy Instant and Real Relationships. Real relationships have no limits, having been established by God. In the holy instant where the great rays replace the body and awareness, the recognition of relationships without limits is given you. But to see this, it is necessary to give up every use the ego has for the body and to accept the fact that the ego has no purpose you would share with it. For the ego would limit everyone to a body for its purposes and while you think it has a purpose, you will choose to utilize the means by which it tries to turn its purpose into accomplishment. This will never be accomplished. Yet you have surely recognized that the ego, whose goals are altogether unattainable, will strive for them with all its might and will do so with the strength which you have given it. But it is impossible to divide your strength between heaven and hell, God and the ego, 
and release your power unto creation, which is the only purpose for which it has been given you. Love would always give increase. Limits are demanded by the ego, representing its demands to make little and ineffectual. Limit your vision of a brother to his body, which you will do so long as you would not release him from it, and you have denied his gift to you. His body cannot give it, and seek it not through yours. Yet your minds are already continuous, and their union need only be accepted, and the loneliness in heaven is gone. Oh, may that acceptance be soon and ever-present in our awareness. Amen. Thank you all. <clears throat> Thank you all for calling in every morning and sharing what you know of one mind and how it changes your life. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks for you, Colin. Oh, thank you, Lori. <laughs> thank you, everyone.